Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just when I thought it was the time of year when it's kind of just waiting for October to be here, Jason Kipnis hit that walk-off Grand Slam. And I think it gave me new life. Did it do the same for you? I mean... After watching what was a, basically a horrendous, a horrendous game, like a good pitching matchup, but like it was just a terrible game, like through and through, at, until that moment. Yeah, it definitely kind of breathed some new life into me because I was basically kind of sitting there, like fist on my cheek, just kind of melting in my chair watching the game. And then he finally hits that home run, and the excitement kind of returned to me a little bit. I felt like, hey, it's not all that bad. Like maybe these last this last week of games isn't gonna suck. Yeah, and just as a note, you are a little under the weather right now, so maybe this mm. home run didn't give you a health boost, but made you a little more positive heading into October. Give me a morale boost. <laughs> morale boost while sick. But yeah, we're recording this Thursday afternoon. Uh, woke up, still basking in the glow of that home run. I've, I've watched the video on Twitter about 20 times, just seeing oh, yeah. something new every single time, seeing... Lindorth was on deck and threw his bat up like 20 feet in the air, which is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then I like how Lindor just runs on the field before anyone's even touched home plate yet, like yeah. a Little League game. Yeah, they were, uh, he was right out there, and then like he kind of uh, trailed right behind Kipnis as soon as he came in from, uh, from third base there. But it was definitely like fun to watch the celebration. I, um, I happened to have the radio overlay on right before, like right when the, call, the hit was made. And I was sitting with a couple friends who had never really like heard a Hammy call like that, so it was a, it was a classic Tom Hamilton call in that moment. And Rick Banning actually had a pretty good call there too on that. So that was a good, I guess like a yin yang kind of thing. Like the TV and the radio call in that moment was perfect from what I heard. I uh, I stayed up watching the uh, quick pitch on MLB Network just to like get all the full effect of the game, and that was. Definitely a magical moment for his 1,000th hit, too, no less. And I'm sure that everyone's talking about that. Yeah, it was that hit number 1,000. And it was also just probably the biggest hit for him all year. I mean, one of the biggest hits of his career, obviously, a walk-off grand slam. Very rare to do. But, you know, he's been bumped to the nine hole in the lineup. He's out in center field now and really needed a boost. And I think that will be huge for him. Because he's going to be in the lineup. We've talked in the past about him not being in the lineup potentially in the postseason, but I mean, he's going to be out there in center field. Yeah, he's got to be. And like, yeah, he hasn't like, obviously, he hasn't like made a blow me away play on defense, but he's still out there being a productive bat. He's obviously been pretty productive in the last week and really since Josh Donaldson's joined the team. So it's, I mean, this is definitely a big morale boost on top of that. And then seeing how Josh Donaldson last night made two great defensive plays at third base as well, I mean, I think you can sacrifice a bit of defense in center field to to get that that uh that third base effect. I guess I don't know. It depends on like 
how you're getting the bats in there. Because obviously Greg Allen's a great center fielder, and like he's really athletic out there. But right now, Jason Kipnis' bat is just tough to beat, especially in crucial moments. At one point, I, th- I don't know when it was, but I thought Josh Donaldson had like dead arm. He obviously doesn't have it anymore. But I remember at one point, I don't know what year it was, this year or last year, he like couldn't throw the ball to first base. It wasn't the yips. Certainly showed the last night. Yeah, last well, night last he almost night threw it, was... it in the like if Alonso didn't catch that ball, it would have sailed right in the stands. Yeah. yeah, the one that he leaped up for. There was there was two good throw or two good plays. One was a great throw, like a perfect throw, and that was in the uh, somewhere around the third inning, I think it was. And then there was that seventh inning throw he made to Alonso that went a little bit high. But I mean, you're asking a lot of him to make those plays. Yeah, two times a game, no less. So since the last time we recorded, I went to the game last Friday for the Tribe Live experience. The Indians also clinched over that weekend, too. So it's been a busy week, and we're kind of spoiled now. We get to record right after Kipnis' walk-off Grand Slam. Because, I mean, once they cl- I mean, the clinching game, they won 15 to nothing, <laughs> which was ridiculous. It's a team that struggles on offense all year, and then when they have to clinch a division, they score 15 runs. And what, like 11 in the first two innings or something? Yeah, and then they almost won the hangover game on Sunday, yeah. too. People in Cleveland watch the Browns lose a heartbreak or so. Yeah, that was. Uh, we had a gathering of friends of mine last night, and this is a little off topic, but like there's Browns fans, Raiders fans, and Giants fans, and I'm a Colts fan, so it felt kind of good to be yeah. the one team out of that group with a win. Yeah, I know in our uh, website chat group, I was very angry after that Browns loss, and you're like, hey, guys, well, the Colts won. I'm like, <laughs> who cares about the <laughs> there Colts? Was, there was some tension there a little bit. A little bit of but tension, we, but... We all get a bond over this Indians win now, and the fact that this, this last week of baseball is actually possibly going to be pretty enjoyable. I will say, the Red Sox magic number has now jumped up to two. Oh, it would be so great if we could keep them from clinching in Cleveland. I know it's a lot to ask, and they still have to play the Yankees one more time, but... If we could keep them from clinching this, the division in Cleveland and, like, just stalling them out long enough, just a little, like, what if in the back of your mind, what if for some reason they did not get that first seed? That'd be insane. Or even if they even if they clinch, make them clinch with a loss so they can't, like, yeah. celebrate. Although I don't think they'd really celebrate on the field. No. I mean, I'm sure you'd have, like, the celebration moment in the dugout or whatever if they did clinch in Cleveland, but, yeah, you're not going to go out on the field and, like, Celebrate like the Indians did when they clinched. Yeah. I want to talk about the Tribe Live experience just really quick last Friday. Uh, it was fun, also a little peeved. The part of it is the Indians are supposed to retweet your photos. Um, or not really your photos, but just retweet stuff. So I was taking pictures of my dad with captions I thought were funny. And I was like, Dad, I'm going to get this retweeted to a million people. And they didn't pick up any of them, but they liked the tweet last night from the game. So I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks for that. Maybe they forgot? I don't know. But Were the captions, you said you took the pictures with your dad, were they jokes from your dad or were they jokes from I know, your dad? It was like a dramatic picture of my dad looking at the field saying like, what did I say? I said his favorite quarterback's Mitch Trubisky and he also loves dogs. Because it, <laughs> it was his birthday, so I was trying to get him blasted out there, but... We spent the first three innings in the old bullpen. So in the right field area, the bench is still there. They still have the bullpen phone. And we were there for the first three innings, but other people got to rotate every inning. I don't know what if it was like a group thing. They must do that every game. 
But everyone came down and made a joke about the bullpen phone. So by the third inning, I was kind of over it. Um, but we got to stand right up against the fence. You're standing there like it's a high school field, essentially, just looking right at them. Um, it was really cool. And then spent the last six innings on the by first base in between home and first. And I had a straight-on view of Edwin and Donaldson's home runs that night. So That's what I was going to say. You got to see them go back-to-back. Back. I mean, we both had the... Uh the misfortune of watching them lose yeah. the games that we went to, but uh, at least you got to see a nice little back-to-back moment there, and you got to see Josh Donaldson yeah. play. I did it not, was like the home run derby, honestly, when Edwin hit his. I mean, it was a line drive that went into the concourse in the bleachers, and then Donaldson's was so high, I thought it left the park, but it was just more of a looping fly ball. Yeah. And then in the bottom of the ninth, Lindor came up, and they had a chance to um, have a walk-off. They didn't, but I'm like, man... That was more exciting to me than like a fifteen nothing game. When I know they're going to clinch. Yeah, I thought that like you had that little hopeful moment at least, and that was something like I couldn't say about the games I went to. Although we like we had the lead there until the Rays walked off on us, but and that was like a struggle that I felt like felt that they dealt with going up to like finally clinching there. Is they just had these games where they would just be down for like most of the game until the ninth inning, and they would try like a half hearted comeback attempt and it just obviously wouldn't pay off until i guess the team finally decided all right we need to clinch the division we need to like win the win this game here and they finally go out there and absolutely destroy the tigers 15 to nothing which is fantastic to watch i watched that game with a tigers fan so gotta bask in the glory a little bit there what's like last night's game it's exciting because they hit a walk-off grand slam but you couldn't put up any runs against the white Sox, who are yeah against dylan Cove. yeah Made him look like a Cy Young They contender. get shut down by some bad pitchers. Like the game I was at was like Michael Boyd or something of the Tigers. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get hits. They had two solo home runs. I'm like, what's going on? Like, yeah. how are we going to beat? But then watch in the playoffs, they will like rock Verlander or something. It just it makes no sense. Yeah. I don't know if it's a mindset, but the way their record is, you look at all those losses, and a lot of them are just like brutal, low offensive scoring games. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that Tigers game, too, like, to your mention, that wasn't, like, a game they were destined to win by any means. I mean, it was Josh Tomlin starting. There was no reason, like, First they were really going run. into that game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of expected nothing less from Josh, Tom- Josh Tomlin at that point. But he did keep him in the game for the most part. Obviously, like, he didn't allow too many runs to the game to the point where the game was out of reach. And Andrew Miller was charged with a loss, I believe, anyhow, wasn't he? Yeah, Miller came in. I was super excited. They blew the fire out of center field. Had his big video, and then <laughs> I think the first batter, he gave up like a double. I think it was like a ball that hit the wall at such an odd, like it hit it coming down. So it was really weird. It, it was just misplayed, and yeah, he came in. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I was pumped during the video, but yeah, I believe he got the loss. Well, he came back last night and pitched a beauty. Yeah, he's, he's been, been doing, doing well he's been since doing fairly last well. that week. Was, yeah, that was that one bad outing that he had, like since, honestly, since coming off the DL. Like he hasn't really had anything too horrible after that we're just bad luck charms that goes when we go to the games the i said hmm? we're just bad luck charms yeah no we're not going to any playoff games that's <laughs> uh but i mean the rest of the bullpen is like really shined like in all these moments too and i mean brad hand is the, the trio of brad hand cody allen and andrew miller is at the point now where they become so versatile that teams that we face in the playoffs they're not going to know who to expect in the ninth inning to close out a game which is something that the indians really should use to their advantage and not to mention Oliver Perez, who's out, fantastic as well. Yeah, one quick note about the bullpen from the game I was at. 
a guy behind me was telling, like, his grandson, I'm assuming it was, that Adam Simber, when he throws pitches, he has no spit on the ball. And I just sat there. Like, this guy legitimately was saying that he just threw, not even a knuckleball, just a, I don't understand f- just in a, physics how that would work. Uh, uh, and, a, like, he's palming it and just bullish. shooting it. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this kid's going to try to throw a sidearm and be discouraged. I'm like, he's throwing curveballs. But that's, there was a lot of nonsense conversations. But any Indians game you go to on a weekend or any sports game, you're going to get a lot of hot takes. It's basically the Facebook comment section in the stands. So you're you're basically going to like a play, and the commentary is the Facebook comment oh, yeah. section. Well, when I was in the bullpen area, we're down there, and there was some annoying people. I'm like, oh, I hope these people aren't here the whole time, but they weren't. And Tomlin comes in, and he gives up a home run, and me and my dad are just laughing because everyone around us is like, how oh, could they put him out there? And I wanted to be like, well, actually, they're doing it to uh, <laughs> give Kluber an overrest. Well, actually. Yeah, I wanted the well, actually, the whole group. Uh, but no. But then the one guy down there who had his mitts, I'm not a huge mitt hater at baseball games, mm-hmm. but I mean, we were in the bullpen, so I didn't really understand. Some people get really angry at grown men having mitts at games, but it's really? it's dangerous to go if you're sitting in certain seats. So, but I mean, I always just I use the old hat trick, pop the hat off of a ball's oh, coming yeah. near me and try to catch it in the hat instead. I just go barehand. I'm, like not, an I'm not going to barehand it. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this guy said. Here's what I would have done this offseason. Then I just kind of shut him out because it was a Facebook comment. He's like, we should just re-sign Jay Bruce, blah, blah, blah. As soon as you say, here's what I've yeah. done, that's that's when things get annoying. But to that point, actually, uh, not re-signing Jay Bruce in the offseason. Now we've got Josh Donaldson in his prime, really. Is there any chance that the Indians do re-sign Josh Donaldson after this is all said and done? I don't know. He was on a one-year $23 million deal this year, dealt with, dealt with injuries. Um, I don't think so. I was actually thinking about this this morning, though. I th- I wasn't will they. It was, man, that would be so cool if they could mm-hmm. sign him. But I think if he has a big postseason, someone, big market team's going to give him a lot of money. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, that's the question I think that goes into it as well. Like, is there a chance to get him at a discount because of the injuries had this year? I mean, is he going to still go and for the market's $23 million? Crashed. Gonna, yeah. But are those teams that called out for collusion going to? Try and buy him for big bucks. But there are going to be some big free agents out there this year. So Mm -hmm. if he's looked at as a second-tier guy, it's possible you get him for less. But he's probably still going to get any like 15 or 20 a year. This is, I mean, that's a good point, too. But this is something that you have to look at with the Indians as as a whole this offseason. Like with Josh Johnson and now Michael Brantley, Cody Allen, Andrew Miller, like Obviously, they can't keep all of them, but will they keep any of them is what I really want to know. I think they'll keep Miller. I have no basis <laughs> of fact for that. But he always talks about punch. how he wants to stay. He has dealt with injuries. So mm-hmm. what's his value going to be? I mean, we've seen some big reliever contracts, and they've just stunk. So yeah. teams might be wary to do that. But then again, a team like the Yankees might be like, we never should let him go. Here's $25 million. Come back. And you can't turn down that money. Yeah, that's true. But Cody but, Allen like said, has this, also the, been here his whole career, so. Yeah. Well, so is Brian Shaw. And, like, True. It's just those stinky contracts. He got a big big old stinky contract, and he was he's Went to the Colorado. least pitcher-friendly park. <laughs> An unreliable reliever. I'll never get over it. It's it's kind of hilarious to watch. Of him, him in Colorado? Out there in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Um, but moving on now, we've got this Friday. Big news. Big, big news. Trevor Bauer is uh, officially making his return. And now everyone in the AL is in big, big trouble. 
And he's doing it like in an opener role because Bieber's going to come out of the bullpen after him. Yeah. Well, it's going to be similar to what the uh, the Red Sox have been doing with Chris Sale where they give him like a pitch count, let him go like three or two innings. It, it sure but is nice to have uh, clinch a division so early. You can just mess around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a whole week to basically run the Trevor Bauer experiment. Well, I think they said his second, I believe on the broadcast, they said in his second start, he's going to go normal. They'll see what he can do. And, you know, I'm, I'm just picturing Friday, he'll be perfect through two innings. He'll take him out and he'll fight Terry Francona. Like, you can't yeah. take me out. He'll tweet about it. He'll tweet about it during the game. <laughs> but, yeah, the, it, it's nuts to think, like, man, we have Kluber, who has put himself back in Cy Young contention. Carrasco's lights out. Oh, yeah. We still have Trevor Power. Yeah. Who's just, and Mike Clevenger. Yeah. So they're using the four-man rotation this postseason, which is a big sigh of relief for me because last year's three-man rotation, I just I hated the idea of it to begin with. I tried to stay optimistic, but it just never really settled. sat that well with me. It was one of those things where, I mean, most boring decisions, but it's like risky. If it works, people go, that's just Tito. He knows what he's doing, but it wasn't like yeah. the sound decision to make. Like with starting Bauer game one. Yeah. It was. Which, I mean, it paid off. It I mean, worked. he won game one, and that wasn't the worst yeah. choice. But Probably wasn't the smartest dis- decision overall, but since it worked, it's like you can't really bash it too much, I guess. Yeah. Well, if I remember correctly, Kluber started the last game of the season that year. You mean the Did regular season? Yeah. I I don't remember, honestly. I, th- I think <laughs> it was. I, I, I th- I'm pretty sure, because it was still like they got on that second little hot streak there going into the postseason. I want to say Kluber started that last game, and therefore, like they started Bauer and then Carrasco. But well, no, what ha- I think what happened was they're like, well, they were like talking about they don't want guys not on four days rest or whatever, and Kluber had like a little more than that. It was something weird that made no sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to your point, I'm also down with the four man rotation with yes. Bieber coming out of the bullpen. That's that's honestly like going to be a pretty. That's what we've been waiting to hear. And, like, Bieber coming out of the bullpen is pretty good because he's effective when he goes through the lineup one time, two times, eh. It's when he gets through the lineup the third time that he starts to really get shaken up a bit, except for that fantastic outing he had against the Rays. Well, it's just perfect because if someone's getting roughed up early but it's still close, like the offense is in the game, you mm-hmm. throw Bieber out there, he could pitch six innings, five, six innings if he had to. Yeah. And then you have four really good, reliable bullpen guys. Dan Otero's getting better. And then you have, I mean, and Niall Ramirez and Adam Simber are Simber's a, concerning. a very iffy. Yeah, and same same thing with Ramirez. But I guess when you put Bieber into the bullpen there as well, it kind of like lets you breathe a little easier. And then you you know you're going to get innings from Kluber, Carrasco, and Bauer. Clevenger could probably get you six innings as well if he's having a good day. Which our uh, our Matt Bretts wrote about this the other day. I mean, we're going to have our four man rotation in the playoffs all with two hundred strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. Absolutely remarkable. And Bauer got his back in the second week of August. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if he never got hurt, he could have probably been close to 300. Yeah. He also would probably win the Cy Young if he was at his same pace. But I think that might even go to Blake Snell now. You could say the same thing about Chris Sale. Yeah. True. Or Blake Snell. I mean, I think Blake Snell's going to win it. But, yeah, to your point, Sale and Bauer, if they were both healthy, it would have been down to the wire. Probably this weekend they might have had like a big like this out and could determine the Cy Young race, but yeah. obviously it won't now. Let's think about that for a second. We got Blake Snell possibly going to win the American League Cy Young. 
and Jacob deGrom going to win the National League Cy Young. Two teams that are not going to the playoffs that will have Cy Young Award winners as pitchers. Not only that, deGrom is like no run support. His team never yeah. wins. And Snell He's 500. is one of like, what, two starters on the Rays? So mm-hmm. it would be two really weird winners. After last year, we had like the deadlock easiest winners in the world. Like this is this year's Cy Young race is awful, awful and confusing. Like the National League's not as bad, but the American League Cy Young. Well, two like, best pitchers got hurt. Yeah, no one really stands out that well. Like Corey Kluber, they've been mentioning Corey Kluber in the Cy Young race this year, and that's unfair because he has 19 wins. I think but, it's reputation based for him. Like you yeah. focus on his positives more since he's. But he's he's almost got like a. An ERA of three. Yeah, it's, Snell's it's really like under two now, I think. Yeah, and Chris Sales in the mid twos, so like that's really not good numbers for them when they're usually like having Blake Snell's type of numbers. It was weird. Only a month ago, we were or not we, but I mean, a lot of Indians fans were like, "Man, we could have Bauer win the Cy Young and have Jose Ramirez win the MVP," and that's shifted so fast. I felt bad for Bauer. Yeah. Uh, Jose Ramirez is probably all but out of the MVP conversation. Sadly. Oh yeah. Bauer was talking when they clinched on, like, in the post-game show in the locker room. He was like, yeah, you know, I probably would have won the Cy Young this year if I didn't get hurt, and I was depressed about that for, like, a month. And I was like, yeah, that does stink because he's the crazy guy who says he only wants to sign one-year deals. So if you win a Cy Young, you automatically be regarded higher. You can demand more money. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, if they win a World Series, it, I don't think he'll care. He seems like a guy who... Yeah. I mean, they always say, like, well, he should only care. When I say they, I mean the haters. Say, like, oh, he should only. The baseball peers. Yeah, he should only care about winning the World Series. I'm like, I want, if I was a pitcher, I'd want to win the Cy Young. That should be your goal. If it's not, like, the, you obviously still want to win, and winning the Cy Young would help your team towards the goal of winning the World Series. So yeah, I never got that I, argument. I think, I think the, and I'm, I'm, I want to cherish Trevor Bauer as much as we have him because he really is a gem for this team. Because like when the time comes that his contract is up, and he's going to do the thing where he only signs a one-year contract everywhere he goes, I pray that we keep getting some of those one-year contracts at least. Well, it's essentially like an arbitration situation, but he's saying yeah. like he's giving himself arbitration essentially. Mm-hmm. One interesting note about him: I was doing some random baseball research. Not only did the Diamondbacks give up on him after a year, they also traded Dansby Swanson for Shelby Miller. The starting pitcher, well, and Dansby Swanson made some questionable trades. was like the top pick, and their GM after he retired was like, "Oh uh, yeah, that probably wasn't a uh, good move." Tr- they made a couple questionable trades, haven't? Those are two top draft picks that you're trading just because the Shelby. I mean, it's like, hey, we want a starting pitcher. All right, instead of making a trade with some minor leaguers, we'll just send them our top pick so they can't refuse. That's. Uh... Absurd. Like, I, I don't know. The Diamondbacks, to me, have like historically in the, like the late two, or the early 2010s made some questionable trades. If I'm not mistaken, Mike Clevenger came from their system too. No, he came he? from the Angels. That's what it was. Okay. Because he came over. Was that in? I think it was the Vinny Pistano trade. I just feel like there's some listeners on the podcast that just hear some of these questions and wish they could just interject just some of these facts that we get oh, wrong. It's just there's so many <laughs> baseball trades happen so frequently. And they happen at a time like the Trevor Bauer and Mike Clevenger trades happened three years before they were even like anything in the Indian system. So it's so hard to remember. Well, it's like some of the circumstances. A player of these to trades. be named later. Oh, it's a single A pitcher, and then he turns out to be Mike Clevenger. 
Like, yeah. oh, that worked. But who was our player to be named? Player to be named later for the uh, Josh Allenson trade? I don't even know. I don't. I see that. I'm sure we'll know in three years. Yeah. If he's a big part of the Toronto system for some reason. All these trades but, that kind of brings up the point just really quick. How crazy it is! You're like, all right, the Indians traded prospects for Andrew Miller, Josh Donaldson, and just name anyone on the team. And who they made a trade with. I just mean the fact that you're giving away all these potential f- future stars to win now. So, like, they need <laughs> to win a World Series because yeah. they're stripping their own farm system. Not as bad as mm-hmm. some teams do. Like, I know the Rangers did that and then just stunk. But it's like you're giving up a lot and you don't want to end up like the Diamondbacks, who were probably so confident, right. like, man, these trades are going to take us to the World Series. We'll be fine. And then nothing. And to just to kind of wrap, like, come full circle with that circumstance of the World Series and, like, getting to the playoffs and everything, we are now, like, this is the final countdown of the season. Is there anything you're looking for in this last week or so that you really want to see the Indians do or perhaps, like, something else in baseball that you really want to keep an eye on just to, like, see how things are going to set up going into the postseason? The one thing I'm keeping an eye on, well, I guess two things. One is the AL West race because mm-hmm. – I've already been assuming, like, oh, well, we're heading to Houston. But if Houston has a little losing streak this last week and the A's are on fire, they could knock them out and put the Astros in the wild card game. I'm also keeping an eye on the Rays in the wild card hunt because they've gone off. And they're, like, what, like four and a half or five games back? I mean, they're going to run out of time eventually. I think they're five and a half, I believe. But, like, imagine if they didn't strip their team of talent. They probably would be Mm -hmm. a playoff team. Um, but yeah, those races, I always try to keep track of the NL races, but since I never watch National League Baseball, I'm just like, let me know who's in the World Series. Um, I mean, it's fun to watch, but I mean, growing up watching American League Baseball, you're just used to all those teams. Um, but yeah, as for the Indians, nothing I could think of other than stay healthy. With players like Carlos Carrasco, who are just baseball magnets, I I just get scared watching like even though they play all year and have been healthy it's like just maybe don't yeah the other night we had those games where two players got hit by pitches and I was just holding my yeah. breath uh, Jose Ramirez got hit by one and was it Edwin that hit, got hit by the other I'm not sure but Jan got hit last night yeah see so mm. it's just that's the thing with baseball it's kind of like football too like at any moment someone could get very injured and it just comes out of nowhere right now, at this point, we're basically, it's the Indians are going to whoever wins the AL West. Who would you rather play, Houston or Oakland? I want to say Oakland, but I feel like if we know. go to Oakland, that means they're red hot and they've just overtaken the yeah. division. That's, they're like, they're the team that I really don't want to face. I like, I like romanticize Oakland to play off baseball because of Moneyball. So I'd like to see yeah. them maybe... <laughs> Uh, in the playoffs, but I don't want the Indians going there. I would much rather them, like, face the Yankees, beat the Yankees, and then give the Red Sox a hard time. Like, that'll be a hard trot series. Or, and I guess, I mean, Cleveland and Houston would be too, because those teams always play, like, Cleveland always plays the Astros really well. And they did so this year, although they lost the season series. Like, they're always very strong con- and contentious with the Astros, and they have Dallas Heichel and Justin Verlander's number. Oh, yeah, the so. Indians own those pitchers. Yeah, it's like I think the Indians. Can't like, say the same about the Oakland. They like hurt about Verlander's 
or always hurt Verlander's Cy Young chances every year because they would just beat him. Mm-hmm. And you look, he had that was like Chris Sale last year, or whatever. It's like the Indians whooped him, and it like hurt his yeah. chances, hurt his ERA. So and much. this year they knocked out Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. They knocked him, knocked him around twice. But I guess so. I don't have any team I'd rather face because they're both dominant. The Indians are going yeah. in as the weakest division winner on paper. So I think both of those teams, fans of those teams, will be excited to know the Indians are coming to town instead of the Yankees or Red Sox. Yeah. But it's playoff baseball, so for all we know, the Indians could win every game like one nothing. Yeah. And they're definitely like outdone in the run differential department as well. I mean, uh, Houston leads the entire MLB with run differential at 242, and the Indians are only at 157. And so. that's after a 15 nothing victory for the yeah. Indians. So. so I never got too much Houston into that, is playing though. good baseball. I was saying I never got too much into run differential because yeah. there's some outliers. If a team wins like twenty to two or something, yeah, multiple times, yeah, and that could happen at any point in the season. Or if you have like I don't know, I mean, you play the Orioles. You have to factor in like a lot of this stuff, like the standings and whatnot, go into play with how poorly the Indians played at the start of the season, and like while well, all these other teams got off to a really hot start at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think the Tigers were only like a few games back of the Indians, like in June. Mm-hmm. And they were at like 500. So, I mean, that was the start of the season was definitely a rough time for the Indians. And I think it plays into why their bullpen ranks so bad. It plays into why they're so far behind in the standings. Well, they had like 20 bullpen pitchers or something this year. Yeah. And it took them all season to finalize the group. Man, Matt Belial was bad. And then the Indian, when he was on the Twins, the Indians were hitting I off him. I'm like, man, just, oh, yeah, just you feel, bunt you and get out. I feel bad for this guy. It's rough because yeah. it's like journeyman relievers and like a mm. bad team will sign them just to eat up innings because they're rebuilding. And it's like, yeah, this stinks. Who are, I mean, I can't even remember all, all the other guys. Not that it matters. There's a couple others, though. You're definitely like we're missing out on some of the big names that were a part of that terrible relief corps. A random pitcher fact I remembered. That has no relevance to the conversation, but it popped in my head. The fact that Mitch Talbot is like the leading pitcher at Columbus in their rotation never came back up to the Indians. Former Indians rookie star Mitch Talbot. So I'm surprised we ne- huh. with all the people we saw come up this year, we never saw him. A lot of Indians fans might have been confused on what year it was with Mitch Talbot That's an interesting fun coming to the game. It's a Interesting fun fact that most people know, but <laughs> to me, I'm like, I had no idea. Like, no. Yeah, if, if you follow the system, you're aware. But So at this point, I guess we can wrap it up then. I, I, I never really got to say my two cents there about it, but I would definitely rather play the Astros, I think. I don't, for one, like, I don't want to see the Indians have to travel to Oakland back yeah. and forth. Like, the four going to, like, play in Boston or wherever they have to go next if they get through that series, so... That'll be my final thing to watch, I guess, is the AL West race as well. Trying to look, see, see if there's any weaknesses in those teams. Staying healthy for the Indians is a key thing, and then just seeing how they use this rotation now for the final week and a half or so. Obviously, watching Trevor Bauer. There's still some good things to watch here in this last week. Maybe we're going to see a couple more walk-offs. Who knows? That'd be awesome. Maybe they could walk off the Red Sox on Sunday Night Baseball. Oh. That would be like a very fitting oh, a pipe dream. start to the final week of the season. Because if they did that, be like, all right. Everyone's benched. Just rest. Red Sox got to win two games to clinch. So if we can take two games from them and they lose this game to the Yankees tonight, we're in business. I know that this will air Friday, so we'll know by uh, the listeners will know by tomorrow if the Red Sox win or lose. But 
just something to think about. Little little pipe dream, little little bit of hope and some excitement here in the last week. We've been talking you've been saying the last week several times and it just occurred to me, I'm like, Oh my god, it's almost October. Like I've known it's, that it's I think here. We have nine games remaining. What was that? I think there's nine games remaining. I think so. Nine or ten. They play every so day a little, next a little week. Over a week. Mm-hmm. And then who knows? Ten? I don't know. A little over a week. I th- I believe it's ten, so ten when this and we will be back in recorded. less than ten days. Yeah. That's where to oh, I'm just saying good I, I was t- talking with my dad and he's like, When's the postseason start? I'm like, Well the season ends on a Sunday and then two days later there's a wild card game, I think. It it just comes fast. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's not like last year where it comes by fast and then it's over so fast. I didn't even yeah, watch I don't, no. I didn't even watch the don't, ALCS. Don't even speak of that. I know. I didn't either. Don't worry. I, I like I after the Indians lost, I took so many t- so much time off of work last year, and then once they lost, I was like, "All right, I'll work every day. I don't even care." I didn't even watch like half the World Series either. Yeah, I I remember there was like Astros, all these home runs, best World Series game ever. I'm like, nah, stupid, no, <laughs> no interest. But yeah, we're <laughs> optimistic though. I'm just venting, and I'm not as optimistic until our hopes are yeah, crushed. I'm not as bad as some people on Twitter who have already determined. The season is over due to some weird, minuscule issue the team has. Or Facebook commenters who go even farther. We'll find out. But, um, so yeah, we'll be back uh, next Friday. We're going to start doing the show so that they air on Fridays now, just so it's more convenient to the follow for the uh, the listeners, because get your Friday, you're feeling good, you're feeling loose, it's the final day of the week, get some Indians talk before your weekend, and then go out and enjoy the weekend. And... I believe the ALDS starts on a Friday, so it's kind of perfect timing where we can do a big... Next week, we'll have our kind of end of the season one, then two weeks, we'll have our kind of preview. I really hope they don't get stuck with, like, the 5 o'clock first pitch, but it doesn't matter. I'm not busy, so... <laughs> and the, we we're both available Clear to watch. Clear your schedules. Please but leave yeah, us... We'll be back next yeah, week. leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We have one. I don't know if it's a friend of... I don't one. know if it's a friend of yours. <laughs> it's not a friend of mine. Um, uh, no one's told me anything. But friend of the maybe show, we're actually genuinely good. Yeah, so that helps us. It's also just cool to see us have reviews on iTunes. Subscribe. Check us out on our site where we post everything Indians related, but also the podcast. It links to where our podcast is hosted. If you just listen through yes. the web, plenty of ways and to the listen. The post will be getting more consistent now as the playoffs approach. Oh yeah, be sure to check out our comprehensive playoff previews when they come out. And as always, thank you for listening. Adios.